Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Humiliated 6-0 away at Ipswich Town as the gulf between the sides at the top of League One and Charlton is exposed even more. Welcome to Charlton Live. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday morning. I hope you guys are as well as we can be after yesterday's humiliation at Portman Road. My name is uh, Louis Mendes. Joining me on this week's show as we look back at that 6-0 thumping uh, at the hands of uh, Ipswich Town. We've got a packed studio or screen, I don't know what it is, <laughs> joining us uh, uh, this morning. First up, Mr. Nathan Miller. How are you doing, <laughs> Living the dream. Oh yeah, I can see. I can see the smile on your face. Yeah. Um, well, to be to be fair, if we if we don't if we don't laugh, that we're just gonna cry and then like not look forward to the remaining game. So I'm trying to woke up this morning in a bit of a better mood than I was sort of last night. But um, yeah, be interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> a word. Isn't it? Also join us, Bob Wright, Lewis Cat. Hey, Dan Lee. Oh, wonderful, mate. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. How was the drive home yesterday? Was that at least uh, getting, getting down all those road closures? Does that feel as bad as a defeat? Or? Yeah, that was the highlight, I imagine. Getting yeah, <laughs> stuck in the car for a bit. I did. I won on the national. That was the that was a bit of a lift after after losing six nil. Oh, but there we go. Here we are. At every least, cloud. At least someone related to Charlton's won something. And uh, also joining us, bottom left now. I mean, this is a, a real turn up for the books. We've we've finally found a <laughs> a device in his in his house that, that can that can handle his Wi Fi. It's Terry Smith. Hey, Dean Tell. No, I'm, oh, I'm like no, yeah. oh. unlike Lewis, and now there's somebody at the door. Uh, unlike <laughs> Lewis, uh, I, my horse fell at the first, I think. Uh, yeah, well, that that sums up yesterday pretty nicely, doesn't it? You, yeah, this, I thought I'd lost you for a second there. Anyway, right, so uh, on this this morning's show, uh, morning to everyone in the, in uh, watching us on YouTube as well. I hope you guys are going to get involved in the chat. I'm sure you've got plenty to say after yesterday's 6 0 pumping. We're going to listen back to the goals shortly. Uh, it's only a very short highlights video, just so you can get a flavour of how bad the defending was. And uh, we're also going to hear from Dean Holden. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. As I said, uh, you can put a comment in the chat 
Uh, you can uh, join us uh, via email, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us uh, as well if you want to get involved. Later on in the show, uh, we've got a fan guest as well. Dan Montero is going to join us uh, to talk about yesterday's game and his hopes uh, for the rest of the season. Nath, just, just before I, I start to play the highlights then, um, <laughs> where, where do you want to start on yesterday? Like, uh, we Final are, whistle. <laughs> yeah, we are so far away. So far away from where we're supposed to be. And it's humiliating. And we embarrassed ourselves yesterday. Um, and I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll go into, into into further detail, but that's where that's where we are as a club. And I, I think anyone who got carried away with the last few weeks, that, that was a that was a timely reminder of how bad we are compared to proper League One sides at the top of the table. Yeah, I've, to be honest, you know, before the game, we all knew, you know, that Ipswich are a much better side and have a big, bigger and better squad. Um, I admit, I did, I didn't see us winning the game. Um, probably was going to lose it, but I didn't, I didn't see a six nil coming. Um, but I said, you know, off air to to the boys when we were in the green room that when that second went in, I feared for the worst. Just. Not, not just because it was after 15 minutes, but simply the way that we were getting cut open. You know, we were just second best. We was jumping out. We were passive. We was we, we were just losing every single duel across the pitch. And I just thought they've got their tails up. The, the crowd have got up. Um, and for me, I think men, our, our mentality was just gone. We were making rash decisions. We were just off in every single aspect. And, when you're playing a team like that at the best of times, if you're not seven, eight out of ten, you're you're going to lose the game. So then, if you're a one or a two, you ain't got to do quick maths to work out that it's not going to go very well that day. So, bit of a shambles, really, um, and probably put us in our place a little bit. Um, I know we had a six nil win against Shrewsbury the other week, which was good, and they played well and they got the credit for that. So, as Holden said in his um, post match, which I'm sure we we'll hear later, they've got to take the medicine. Mm, yeah, and uh, by the bucket full at this uh, this stage, talking of medicine. Uh, morning to Lawrence. He says, "Good morning, guys from UCLH." Uh, took twenty minutes to watch the start. Love the pod. Um, thanks for uh, taking time out of your working day to uh, join us, Lawrence. Uh, 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 there are have been a couple of requests in the chat not to play the highlights, but we always do. And and, and in ten years' time, when we look back at old shows, we'll listen to that and we'll laugh. And I, I do just just for prosperity. Let's put it in there. Let's have a listen back to the goals from Charlton TV. Uh, Terry and Greg, as always, were yesterday's commentators. Minds uh, football into Chaplin, into the edge of the penalty area. Takes the shot in the opening goal. Charlton spectators, as Ipswich made that move on the left-hand side. The ball into Chaplin wasn't... Nobody in particular. That looked like a handball from uh, Chaplin. Nothing given. As uh, Chaplin back on it from a 1-2. And he's in the penalty area. Chaplin and scores. Free run into the area. Charlton may have been looking for a handball there. Nothing given. Hector, but only as far as the edge of the Charlton penalty area. Ball into the box. The runner's in there. Paul Charlton out. The runner, when he came in, was Broadhead. Hector's head of clearance. Got back into the box by Luongo. Broadhead, the judge to be running from an onside position, gets it back into the box. And who else but Connor Chapman's going to finish that? I mean, you've got no way of telling whether he's in an offside position or not. The thing that really frustrates me here, Tell, every single player I can see is ball watching for Charlton. Backwards to Hector, going forward to Dobson. He's surrounded by blue shirts again, and he's lost possession. And it's Morsi bringing it forward. Out to the right-hand side, and Ladapo gets it across and finishes. Charlton settled after those substitutions positionally because as soon as Morsi picks it up, Charlton will call out defensively. Central position, Edwards attacking Innes, ball forward to Ladapo. It's good tracking back from Kane, but Ladapo gets to the loose ball and makes it five. Kane did well initially, but just gets caught with the ball between his feet, him and Hector. In each other's way, almost. Once again, sends a Darpa on his way. He's beaten the offside. In, he's trying to make it back. Oh, that's a, has to be. Uh, oh, it's a red card coming here for Innis. I didn't think there was a lot of contact, but enough for the Darpa to go down, and Innis sees red. 
as soon as, as soon as you get the wrong side of the player, any sort of contact in the back is going to be a red card. He's on a yellow card anyway. And Charles Afternoon has just got even more miserable. Chaplin running at Sessignon. Jackson's ahead of him. Tries to tee him up, and he does. Jackson in the penalty area. Ball across. Off the post and finished by Davis. Davis won't have an easier goal to ever score in his career. Again, just the same mistakes. Tell just Charlton ball watching. Being a man down, of course, doesn't help now. But we won 6-0 a couple of weeks ago. Now we're feeling the effects of losing 6-0. It sums up this season, really. You have a high one week. You play a good side the next, you lose. Yeah, as Stubbers said there, the second we play a good side, we lose. We're not good enough, Lewis. Like... And we've accepted it, I think, internally. For, it feels like, to me, for too long, you know, two weeks ago, we beat Shrewsbury 6-0. Players were all over Twitter celebrating. Are they happy with that? Is that enough for them, that we can win the odd game and we can beat a side 6-0, but we're mid-table in League One? I think we're 30 points off Ipswich Town, who are second. 30 points away from challenging for top two. 15, I think it was when I looked yesterday for playoffs. We're miles away from where we need to be. And performances like yesterday on the back of a you know a decent run sums it up for me. You know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, the football manager said. And uh, well, I certainly wasn't laughing yesterday, I'll put it that way. No, absolutely not. And I mean if they do accept that as being okay, then they're at the wrong football club. Um the golf is is drastic, isn't it? You know, we we spoke about this at the end of last season when, when we played Ipswich, and it felt it feels like a, a year for year comparison. Um, last game of the season, we were we were demolished, and they were already on the beach. Um, and I think we had some fears on the show Thursday of, of what they may be capable of doing if we're not at the races, and um, and and they're pushing for top two, especially with the the two competitors for top two sort of wobbling a little bit over recent weeks. They look they look right up for it. And, you know, I, I still fancy us to go somewhere and, and cause a bit of an upset. And, and you'd like to think that that's what they should do, like go in there and, and shake up that that promotion race, put the pressure on. And from from minute one, we we didn't. We were completely off of it. Our shape was all over the place. As Nave touched on, we were we were dragged out of position consistently and, and constantly throughout the game. Chaplin was just, you know, he pulled us apart. And don't get me wrong, Ipswich have, have great players. It's a sign of what happens when you invest in a football team because they've invested heavily. It hasn't gone right for them a few times, but they're starting to get the mix now. They bought Kieran McKenna in last season. They've given him the time and the resources to build a team that he wants, to play a style of football that he wants. And the result of that is the fact that they're challenging for promotion and brushing aside teams like us 6-0 at home for fun. You know, yes, we may have won 6-0 the other week against the Shrewsbury side that are also on the beach, but... That it's not acceptable to in any in any stance to. I, I can't imagine Shrewsbury were happy to lose six 0 the other week. You know, it's it's not acceptable. I understand going there and being defeated because they are they're a good side and and as we say, the expectations for us to win yesterday were were fairly low, and and that's not out of being defeated. That's because it's realism. You know, they're they're a side that are performing well with good players at this level, uh, and we're and we're not we're we're struggling. So that was always on the cards. But to lose to any football club, regardless if we'd have played Man City yesterday, to lose 6-0 is just un- it's unacceptable, especially putting in the performance that we did. We were all over the place. We were all at sea. Um, and I mean, I don't know whoever had to make a decision player of the match for us yesterday. I'd be probably just thinking about it now. I imagine the final whistle got man of the match. It was just, <laughs> it was, you know, it was a total a total disgrace. And I, you know, I don't, I don't care that Ipswich are a, a team challenging for the top two. You do not go to a team away from home, perform like that and get done 6-0. You do not. It is totally unacceptable. And I, I just feel so sorry for the fans that went up there yesterday uh, to witness that. And, you know, it's it's not good enough. Uh, and that's been the theme of this season. Not good enough. Yeah, including ourselves. Obviously, we, we all travelled. Um, Terry, one, one, one thing that I was thinking about last night when I, when I was writing up my takeaways, and, and Turkish has sort of made a similar point here in the chat. That game has shown how far away we are shows how any new potential investors uh, that will take some significant investment to take us away from mid-table mediocrity. When, when we played Ipswich on the final day of last season, 
do you know the impression that we all came away with from that game is they're ready. They're ready for next season already. They are primed. They're one or two bodies away. And that's what is proved. Tell you Look at that performance yesterday, Terry, and tell me we're two or three bodies away because you can't, can you? We are miles off it. We are awful compared to a top league one. No, I think that yeah, when you consider what happened at the Valley back in, when was it, November? I'm trying to remember when it was uh, last year. Um, and we managed to get back four all because they looked a bit frail once, once they were put under pressure. Um, and we managed to do that. What happened in January, they added to their... Um, sure that that wasn't going to happen again because they want a real push at uh, promotion and yesterday that showed uh, yesterday they showed they were hungry to put us to the sword and they did uh, and quite convincingly uh, and we um, we can't match that and um, haven't matched that uh, since uh, since we plumb we haven't that's quite simple and uh, what happened yesterday is that uh, just showed one team that was uh, had something to play for and another team that uh, other than pride didn't and we couldn't show enough pride to, to stop that happening. And that was, that's, you know, that was disappointing. I mean, you know, the likes, their midfield, as he, although he plays quite forward, he's a number 10. And he, he looked like he had an invisibility, invisibility cloak on him because nobody was watching him at all the whole game. And I'm, I, I, did, I said it off mic to, to Greg at the time. And I'm really upset yesterday because I've been moaning at Greg because he's been hogging the goals over the last uh, couple of months. Six yesterday. <laughs> I mean, oh, dear. Um, but the likes of Luongo and uh, um, Morsi and, and Chaplin, we just couldn't track them. We just were nowhere near him. Broadhead. I mean, in the opening couple of minutes, even before they scored the first, he danced through about three or four players and left the cup. He thought, yeah, this is going to be a tough afternoon. And uh, obviously that's what it was proved. And, and you know, we're mid-table for a reason. Um, and the gulf is now, I think we can see, a lot bigger than we first feared. And maybe feared, although maybe we knew we just didn't like to admit it. But yesterday showed that uh, the difference between us at top two and uh, and not and being where we are is huge. And it shows the work that needs to be done. And I, I think they know that. I, you know, I think Dean knows that. If he's going to be honest, and and he said it before, even before Saturday, um, he said uh, in the week, uh, even after the um, the three two win at Burton, which that uh, there's there's a huge amount to be done. He knows that. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, it's clear and obvious to, to anyone who watches. I mean, defending has been called into question at times this season in, in various different guises. Keith says the defending uh, as appalling yesterday, and it showed how poor we are at the back. Hector had a mare of a game. Innes, no more excuses. He has to go now. The midfield was totally outclassed for the whole game. I mean, we, we can talk about the midfield in a bit, but defensively, Nath, some of those goals were atrocious. You know, and Hector got caught out for the first one, tried to dive in. I think we then never really closed down Chaplin after that. The second one, you know, one ball over the top and we, and we ripped to shreds. The third one, complete ball watching for that goal as it's played back across. You know, it's all well and good saying we had a good game defensively when we beat Shrewsbury 6-0. But statistically, I think there's there's only seven or eight teams that have conceded more than us in this division. You know, we have to accept that. And I think everyone in that building has to accept that. And if they watch back that video from yesterday, I, I, I hope they will sit at home watching that game and feel embarrassed. Yeah, I think they will. You know, listen, we were poor yesterday and, you know, as much as the players, you know, didn't turn up yesterday, they're going to sit there and know that they were bad yesterday. I don't think they're that that crazy to think uh, it was an acceptable performance. But I think, yeah, the, the defending was, <sighs> without swearing, you know, you know, it weren't very great. But... Um, I mean, we've said it all year, all year. I mean, how many times have we said we sat on a show and said ball watching? Greg said it on comms yesterday. I said it on Twitter yesterday. It's so, it looks like there's no communication at all in that back line. There's no leadership. You go 2 0 down. We got shell shocked. And for me, I just think we capitulated defensively. We lost composure. We started jumping in when we shouldn't jump in. We, like you say, Michael Hector's come out trying to attack the ball and leave the space behind him. It's just, it's those decisions in the heat at the moment that we didn't do yesterday. Like everything we did was wrong, like everything. Um, but as you say, there's a lot of work to be done um, defensively. Uh, I just think we need someone who's a leader back there because we just look all at set, set, set plays. We know how bad we are at set plays. Ash is still learning. But there's no one seems to talk to each other. No, no one seems to be 
sort of ramping up the sort of ante, trying to cajole everyone, come, you know, let's have a bit here. It's just a bit, not to the extent of just finger pointing and blaming everyone else like Stockley used to do, but to an extent of just trying to rally the troops a little bit. We just lose our heads. And we was just making crazy decisions, gifting goals away, which we did all year. We said, I said to Lewis off, off um, in the green room, there was a moment when Hector, when Hector lost the ball left back and if somehow Hurst missed. And it was just things like that. It was just like, it's insane like how, how we gift teams opportunities because we don't get those sort of opportunities. So we're only doing it to ourselves. So there's a lot to be done over the summer. Um, I get that and we all know that. But the problem we're going to have is we've got all these other players coming back from loan. And if things don't want them, you've got to sell them. And then you've got to try and convince other pl- clubs to buy them, whether that's Kirk, Lavelle, uh, JSE, me, whatever. And if you don't offload them, I, don't, I can't see many people coming in first because then you're going to have a massive wage bill. So I think there's a lot of juggling to be done. And to be fair, I'm quite quite happy I don't have to do it because it's a bit of a bit of a stint, that one, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, we've we've got ourselves into this right muddle with our recruitment over the last few years, which has been atrocious. You know, even if we go back to to what what our recruitment looked like in January, you know, how 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 has that worked out for us? Of all the players that have come in in January, maybe Hector has had quite a few good games, but obviously didn't yesterday. He's probably the only one that's worked. I think off the top of my head, you know, there's two or three that aren't even getting in the side. You know, Kilkenny. Um, and Matt Penny, obviously not eligible to play yesterday anyway against his parent club, but not not anywhere near the side. So I've got this message in from Jim, who's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I had noticed he left a comment on one of our video on our video on Thursday asking for us to do his side a favour. Said it didn't quite work out like that. I mean, it, it, I also felt jealous yesterday. You know, we were sat there in Portman Road, which was I think I think it was a sellout. It was thirty thousand. Atmosphere wasn't as good as I was expecting, actually, but I think that was partly due to the nerves because they started singing a bit when Sheffield Wednesday went three-one down. But watching the, the murmurs go through the crowd, you know, the, all the Ipswich fans in the row in front of me with their phones out, and I, I've got my Twitter open. I see that Sheffield Wednesday have scored, and then they get their Twitter open. You see it, that excitement building through the crowd, a packed crowd watching great football. I mean, it's a million miles away from what we get at the Valley, where there's no one there because fans have had enough. The football. Overall, is pretty poor. You know, we get the odd good day, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, but overall, it's not it's not very good. I felt I, I just felt I just feel like I, I I can fully understand why fans are voting with their feet because I dread going to the valley on match days at the moment because I know it's nothing like what it's like at Portman Road, Lewis, and it's thoroughly miserable watching this this team slog another mid table League One season. It is, yeah. I mean, it feels as you say. You know, you're never guaranteed to be challenging for promotion in a season. You know, football is a competitive sport and anyone really can have a go. But I, I agree when you're, it was us, you know, you cast your mind back to, to 2019 and we're playing Donny in a sold out and then some Valley, you know, the home crowd taken up half the away end as well. And the atmosphere generated from that, you know, it, it shows the untapped potential of the football club. And wherever we get, whenever we go on a positive trajectory, we seem to come crashing down again. And, I was jealous yesterday. I, you know, I was sat in that away end looking around at a, a packed out Portman Road, which is the first time I've been there yesterday as well. So to see it, you know, it's a it's a decent stadium, decent size. So when you see it full to, you know, com- completely full to the brim and as you say, them pushing for promotion and the feel-good factor around the place, all jumping around and singing at the end after a 6-0, you are jealous. Like, you you are. Like You look around at it and you think, how have we let ourselves become so far away from this position, you know? When we first dropped to League One under Thomas, we we finished outside the playoffs on goal difference under Nigel. And from then, we've just made steady backward progress. Last season was poor. We finished appallingly at Ipswich. We lost Johnny Jackson. Started this season um, and we've repeated the same cycle. You know, we're still, we're sitting mid-table, might finish a maximum of 10th. That's, in, in my eyes, that's not... That's not improvement. You know, it's all well and good jumping two places in a division. It's not improvement. There's there's no improvement being made. If anything, it's gone backwards because it's not just what you do on the pitch that is your progress. It's what happens off of it. And fans voting with their feet, that's backwards progression because next season, if we lose season ticket sales and the attendances are even worse off than they are now, that's backwards progression. In any mm-hmm. sense, Charl- you know, Charlton's a football club and it is a business. 
the business side of it is reliant on the income made by people coming into the ground, spending the money, buying season tickets. And at the moment, in the world we live in where it's tough and, and money is, is hard to come by, would you would you spend your money on it at the moment? It's it's a tough call. You know, obviously I'd love as many people in the valley as possible because that's what generates the atmosphere and that's what makes it a nice place to go. And you mentioned you dread going there at the moment. I'm the same because it it's lifeless. And and that's not down to our fans not being good enough. It's down to the football not being good enough and the club not being good enough. The fans deserve so much more, and that's the most depressing thing. Mm, yeah, um, we, we seem to have lost Terry. We, we always knew his Wi-Fi was going to be a potential issue. Hope may, maybe he'll come back in a bit. Um, Platy on Twitter uh, says, reflecting on the defeat yesterday, uh, it was what was needed, frankly, to show how mediocre our team is. The optimism shown by many, me included, after recent results is misplaced entirely if the expectation next year is that we want to get promoted. This year, we have played the current top eight 16 times and got 14 points. Therein lies our real problem. We are just not good enough. Recent performances by Thomas, Albie, Innes, Egbo and even Bon and Fraser have got people thinking, again, me included, uh, this is Platy, to give... Uh, new contracts clearly money will drive our ambition but sad to say the mediocrity we have in this squad and inconsistency will never get us out of the league um quality wise where uh where is far better than, than what we have here everywhere else i think is what he's saying yeah and you agree with that platy to be fair like uh, we're a country mile off um Cron- uh, the country is an ipswich fan has joined us they it was his podcast that joined us on thursday and it was matt from his podcast that joined us on thursday and he was um yeah, they 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 were they were in good spirits. You know, I, I said I thought I thought Matt was was slightly dour on the fact that considering where they were in the table, he was a bit moany about one part of the season. And I was like, oh, you don't know how good you've got it, honestly, chaps. Um, and, and I guess yeah, he's asking where the tunnel jump was. I mean, there was no tunnel jump at full time, but we we got to focus on a couple of things that happened after full time yesterday. You know, um, Dan says after yesterday's game bond liked an instagram post from ipswich after we lost i know he supports him but surely after losing you shouldn't be doing it. he has removed the like now so let's focus on that first i mean obviously that was a bad idea however it came about <laughs> i i tried to think of the bigger pictures that maybe he's got a social media manager who manages a few different accounts who did it without thinking maybe he accidentally scrolled through and clicked it without thinking they're they're the possible outgoings but it just shows the fact that that happened and then the way the fans react to it as well shows that there's not a great deal of love for the majority of this squad. So whether it was a mistake or whether he did it on purpose, I don't think he would have done that on purpose. But he's uh, it, it just summed up where we are, Nath, that someone would do that and we'd see that. And it just goes to show, I mean, there was performances yesterday make me feel that the players don't care. And I haven't said that often this season. I don't accuse players of that often. But performances like that yesterday, coupled with the smiling and laughing at full time, which, again, is something that happens. We have to remember that these players are at work. They're with their mates who they worked with last season. It's it's not a good look either way, though. You know, save it for the tunnel. I mean, just just a couple of bits rubbed salt into the wound after after yesterday. And and Keith said, Bond liking a tweet is not the real problem, is it? And he's right. That's not the real problem. Is what happened on the pitch, but it just adds to it and stuff we could do without at the moment. You know, I assume it was a mistake, but it's a mistake that shouldn't be happening at this stage of the season, at any stage of the season when we've got beat six nil. No, of course. I think, um, yeah. I mean, when I well, first on the bond bit, when I saw it yesterday, maybe I was being a bit too um, thoughtful. I that thoughtful is the wrong word, but I don't know. He's he comes from Ipswich. Who knows? Maybe he knows the chap who's in the main picture. Or like you say, maybe he scrolled through and liked it before. But I think the problem is, is what happened before when he left. Um, it probably hasn't helped the situation. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, um, to be honest with you. Um, but as Keith, you know, it was it Keith who said it, it's not the big picture. Because, I mean, if we won 6-0 and he done it, you ain't really going to give a who are you, really. The, the one that, that annoys me more is the Fraser one. Um, but it's not just because it's phrase. I don't like it in the Premier League when you're playing rivals and do it in the tunnel. Like he could be best mates with whoever he was talking to. I don't, not really my business. But when you get battered six nil, just you know, kick your head down, go and show your appreciation to the fans, and then get in the tunnel and then do all your nice bits as as your father, as your mother, and all that. Well, that's that's the wrong analogy there, but. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> As your family and all that, do that in the tunnel, sort of thing. Don't, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the thing that wound me up the most, I think, was just that bit. It's just, it can't be. It, I know he probably isn't laughing or smiling because we got battered. It's he, 100% he's not. I don't think he doesn't care. It's just not clever. And then when you lose 6 0, just go over the fans, say, put your hands up, get in the tunnel, go home. Like it, so it does rub salt in the wounds for sure. So it doesn't help the situation. But um, yeah, I'm not going to overthink it too much. <laughs> mm, yeah. A Saunders says any danger we can have the Charlton Live panel at the back on Tuesday better than the current back four. Uh, I don't know, Terry, Terry, Terry's knee's going a little bit and my, my, my pace isn't what it used to be and it didn't used to be a great deal anyway, but we'll see. Um, Terry, we, we were just talking about like the a couple of the, the things that came out of yesterday's game that wound up fans. And as Nathan said, we win that game and then we see Fraser laughing and joking with one of their players and it doesn't matter. So may, maybe we're getting hung up on stuff that doesn't really matter here, but it doesn't help, does it? Could have done without seeing Bond liking that post, whether it was an accident or not. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't know where I stand with this, really. I mean, uh, Bond's an Ipswich fan and uh, his family are Ipswich fans and uh, he probably knows quite a few of the, the players. Uh, Fraser clearly does because he's, he's been there. But, you know, yeah, right, time and a place and all that. Um, do we Are we overthinking it? Possibly. But, as you say, it's rubbing salt in the wounds and, and, and it's not something you want to see necessarily. But, I don't, um, to be honest, I don't... <laughs> It's bad enough, you know, losing 6-0 is bad enough. I don't particularly care about the fringe stuff, personally. Um, maybe that's, um, you know, I understand some that do, though, of course. And, you know, when you've travelled all the way up there and spent your hard-earned and uh, you get you get battered, you want everybody to feel as depressed as you are. Um, professional footballers tend not to because it's their job. And, uh, and, I mean, if you are going to excuse it, and I'm not trying to, by the way, you know, we all do, um, when we get tonk 6-0, there is a sense of gallows humour that comes out. So uh, they might have seen us on the touchline having, having a bit of a gallows humour and, and laughing. That's not because we were dismissive of losing 6-0. It's because when you get tonked and there's nothing, you know, it's that bad that you tend to grasp at something to try and cheer you up. And that's gallows humour. And, and there was a bit of that on the, even on the touchline with us yesterday. Um, but, uh, you know, so I don't try and get hung up on it, but I get why fans do. Mm. Right, we've still got loads of comments. We haven't even spoken about Ryan Innes's red card yet, which we'll do in, in a few moments' time. Uh, we've got Dan joining us as the guest fan later on in the show, and he's just joined us in the weight room, actually. So he will be on later on. Uh, but we, we haven't heard from Dean Holding yet, so I think we should. Uh, yesterday's defeat at Ipswich Town in embarrassment, and I'll put that to Dean. Uh, this is our conversation after yesterday's game. A humiliating afternoon here at Port Moreau. What did you make of it? Yeah, yeah it's a humbling experience, isn't it? I mean, it's, we obviously didn't start the game. In the correct manner, we've conceded three corners in the first couple of minutes. We conceded two goals, 2-0 down after 15 minutes, I think it was. And we then had that big chance with Macaulay Bond's header. Um, if we take that, who knows? But you know, we, I think from, from that moment onwards, we, we struggled to get to grips with them. They, they overran us in midfield. Um, we were jumping out of our positions and getting played around. And, and Listen, we didn't lay a glove on them, really. We have to, we have to accept that. It's a, it's a really poor afternoon for us. And... Uh, and lucky for us as a game in three days' time, we have to respond to that. We Obviously, we were on a different end of a 6-0 result a couple of weeks ago against Shrewsbury ourselves. Um, we have to take it on the chin. said that to the players. We have to, we have to own it. We don't start finger-pointing and blaming. We have to look inside, look within. I certainly be doing that. I do it after every game, win, lose or draw. And uh, get back to hard work, Louis. It's the only thing we can do. Where do you think sort of that, the manner of that capitulation in the second half came from? Because, I mean, Charlton haven't been on the end of big scorelines that often this season, but obviously that was, that was a very difficult second period. Yeah, I think you, obviously we get Daniel Carney on, you're trying to get back into the game, and we, just, we were just getting pulled apart. They were, you know, they're such a good team. Listen, they're the best team in this division by a mile, in my opinion, and they've hit top form today. And we've obviously underperformed, and unfortunately that can happen. It can happen. They've got players, Connor Chaplin is... For me, he's one of the best players in the division. Obviously, I think he scored an hat-trick today. Ladapo comes off the bench and scores two. And I think, listen, one big thing, I think, there's a, there's a penalty decision for Jez at 2-0. I think it's a big decision. Again, if you don't get that, um, you've got to stay, find a way of staying in the game. And we just, yeah, our heads dropped and we just we just got pulled apart. And it's, it was a difficult, difficult end to the game for us. Yeah. And your defence had tightened up a little bit since you come in. Again, that's pretty ordinary today. Where, where do you think that came from? Well, I think it's individual decision making in in the heat at the moment. I think you know Hurst gave us problems in that first half with his movement. He comes short, he spins, he can, he can get hold of the ball. Chaplin, as I say, was playing off him in them little pockets, and 
individual decision making. I think we, you know, we gave the ball away too many times as well in our own half. We've not been doing that recently, um, and we just was on the end of a thumping. There's, there's no, there's, there's no way of dressing it up. It's, it's certainly not, not pretty. Studying the technical area, watching it, it's, it's obviously not pretty. Being involved in it as a player, and obviously for our supporters, it's, a, it's a really poor day. So, we owe it to them. We have to, we have to show up at MK Dons in three days' time and make sure that we, that we show that we've learned from it as much as you can in three days. But, but, but more than that, show some pride and show what it means to obviously play for this shirt. There's four games left of the season, four big games for, for every single player, obviously. Obviously, it was before your time, but Charlton came here on, on the last day of last season. We're beaten four 0 and, and the manager at the time, the, the conversations would be: Does that sort of show how far Charlton are off? Of, you know, you talk about seeing what elite looks like, but elite level at League One, does that show how far Charlton are away from where they need to be? Yeah, absolutely. There's a huge gulf between the teams today. There's, there's no doubt about that, in my opinion. You know, right throughout their team, they've got right from back to front, they've got really good players. Players that. Have, you know, I've played in this division and higher, and know what it takes to win. And even obviously from the bench, they've got a really good squad. Really good squad. They made some excellent additions in January. You've all affected the team, not just the squad. They've come in and affected the team. So it shows you where you know how how far the, the gap is uh, from where we want to get to and where we will get to. Are you confident this summer will be will be different to last summer in terms of how you will rebuild the the squad and, and what's needed for next season? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely confident in terms of you know who we're looking to recruit and what positions and and, and where we'll. Where we'll get to come next season, yeah, there's certain obviously key additions that we need to make to get to anywhere near to the level that Ipswich are at the moment. It's obviously a big summer for the club. Ryan was, was dreadfully unlucky with his red card against Fleetwood that got rescinded, but I think that, including that one, that's his fourth one of this season. Um, is that something that he needs to work on, being dragged out of position, being forced into making those mistakes? Well, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll look back at every single moment as we always do and we'll analyse it and uh, it's not it's not just on Ryan Innes at all today I think as a team we've not performed we've not performed well enough individually and we've obviously not performed collectively so there's certainly no blame from, from me to any players publicly um, we have honest conversations behind closed doors but I'm certainly not going to publicly go after any players I think you know, I think to be honest, I don't, from what I've seen, I'm not seeing it back. But I think it was a, it was one of them where Ryan's running back and I'd running across him. I don't know if it was just a, he clipped his, his heels or, or whatever happened. Um, but as I say, we just have to we just have to accept it and, and, and move forward quickly. Yeah, you say it's, a, it's another game in a few days at Milton Keynes. I, I looked over to the the away end at full time. Obviously, those were, that were left, some some were clapping, but quite a few were quite angry as well. And what's your message to those fans ahead does that, of the, the quick turn? Does no, it surprise you? Absolutely no problem with that at all. They've, they've turned up today and supported the team as they always do, and clearly they're angry because they've just seen the team get beat six 0 Message to them is that thanks for your support always, and we'll uh, we'll make sure that we turn up at MK Dons and, and and put in a performance and show that we've got some pride. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Dreamland! Charlton have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live! Right, welcome back to Charlton Live then. So we just heard from the Addicts boss Dean Holden after yesterday's 6-0 mauling uh, away. At Ipswich Town, a thoroughly despondent interview for myself. It's one of those games, it doesn't happen too often these days, but I had to go and calm myself down and have a coffee before Dean came out because I was fuming at full time. 
I've said to myself over the last few weeks, I don't, I don't let it affect me because I know where we are. I know what we are. But when that happens yesterday, just after, after the last couple of weeks as well, what I've had, you know, I was like, that was embarrassing, you know, and I was, I was not happy uh, at full time yesterday. But yeah, in, interesting interview with Dean. I, he said what he had to say. I, I don't think there was much else he could have said. Nathan, uh, I asked him about Ryan Innes. We've had loads of comments about Ryan um, in, in, in the chat. The red card, and it's a red card all day long. So he's fourth of the season, sixth of his time with us. Obviously, one of those was rescinded. Um, and it's not only Ryan Innes who was bad yesterday. The majority, all of them were bad yesterday. But him to get another red card. I mean, there's a few people in the chat saying Innes, uh, Innes has the worst disciplinary record in English football factor in his defensive gaffes as well. And ask the question, what is the point, you know? And I still, to maybe until Lucas Ness came in uh, midway through this season, he was still our best defender. And I, I would always say that with tongue in cheek because he is, but we're not very good defensively, and that's why. Nath. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't get around. He's, you know, he he's effective in both boxes. But I, don't, I still think we're a little bit um, predictable on our attacking set plays when Ryan's there. But I just, I, I don't. I, I'm struggling to try and think of why, like, like yesterday. I don't, what was the score when he got five nil? Was it like? Yeah, it wasn't a game changer. <laughs> no. So I, for, for for me, I'm going right. You're through. I'm not not saying like he just. Oh, go on, mate. Have a little go there and fuck. I'm not saying that. But him getting sent off now. Was he missing now? Three games, two games. Because... We're not. We're not sure. So, because this is his fourth red card of the season, with one rescinded, that makes it his third red card of the season. Sometimes that extends your ban, but mm. I'm also not entirely sure because it was a, like a professional foul and not like a violent conduct. Mm. But I, I assume it's going to be at least three games because of the accumulation mm. of cards over the season. But I'm not sure. I'd have to try and check the rules. It's a bit confusing with all the, yeah. like I say, the the one rescinded and that. But that's. But I mean, I mean, and I just don't know why. And you look, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, is it discipline? Is it just naivety? I, I remember like the Wimbledon one away, like just crazy decisions and just mental, mental decisions and moments of madness, red mist or just, just lack of, I'm not, not going to say works that have been derisory, but it's just the lack of like game management or knowledge. It's just insane, the decisions he makes. And then it just puts everyone else in the, deep pile of you know what so now he's missing games we ain't got Ness so you're gonna to have to shuffle the pack again it's just not consistent and I just think to have what a red card how many games how many reds he's got four in how many times he played 60 games or something no so, it's for it's for this season it's six in his entire Charlton career uh it's seven in his entire career so but when it was on four it was it was I counted it then. He was in. He was after forty-two games. So that is the equivalent. Of, so at the time, I made a point about it being the equivalent of getting four in one league season, which he's gone and done now anyway. Um, yeah, I, I guess if if he's still here next season, and you can you can pick any of the players you want, and there'll be a lot of players. You say if he's still here next season, if we make the decision that we're going to keep him on, then ask yourselves about the ambition that this club is showing. You know, and we've shown no ambition over the last two years, have we? If we're being honest, you know, maybe in the no, maybe two years ago when when we we spent a bit of money on on the Nikkei and Fraser, that could be seen as ambition, but certainly not in the last year where where that's gone. I mean, this is a point that Marcus is a good point. It feels like the takeover needs to happen ASAP for it to have any kind of effect on the summer rebuild that's needed. You know, when when Sangard came in, you you'll remember that was right at the end of a of the August window. I think we had maybe a week or so where he panic bought an entire squad, basically Lewis. And to be fair, we got near the playoffs, but that was a season when league one was very poor and we should have been nowhere near the playoffs. So I, I think I made the point a couple of weeks ago. I, I fear that we're already behind schedule. You know, hope, I'm, I'm sure there is work going on behind the scenes. As Dean said, when I asked him there, he's confident that they're targeting people and whatnot. And, and he did tell us on, on Charlton Live a couple of weeks ago, they started speaking to people, but until that signed, sealed and delivered, those players who will have other options in the summer won't be waiting around on the off chance that Mark Spiegel, the big American recycling magnate, is going to come in and save the day. They'll go to somewhere else that's showing a bit more ambition and are ready to sign them. Well, exactly, yeah. You know, and as you said, there's a big difference between targeting a player and actually getting the deal done. You know, South, or I hate to mention him, he targeted Ivan Tony a few years ago under a transfer embargo. It means nothing. You know, until until you get the people in the door, there's, you know, it's nothing. You can say anything. You say we're targeting Connor Chaplin. We're not. Like it's, 
until you actually get the players done, it's pointless. And and I think the the problem here is that there's the there's so much unknown about the potential takeover as well. Like, I don't really know enough about Mark Spiegel. I don't think anyone really does. So there's nothing to say that he comes in and you know doesn't do a better job and and invests and we and we get a better side. But there's also nothing to say that it's just you know rinse repeat again. Like. We don't really know enough about him and what his personal wealth or investment is going to be, what his visions are. Any invest, you know, any owner, any investor at this level, their target is going to be to get out of League One. You know, I'd say probably 20 of the 24 teams that are in League One at the start of the season, their aim is to push for the top six because everyone's trying to go on the upward trajectory and get out of the division. So it's matching your ambition with with what you put in. And you know, we we put ourselves in a position again where a massive rebuild is needed in the summer, and we've never really had the the finance or the, um, the resources to do it. We've left ourselves in, the, in a position where we let a load of players go, and then we don't replace them. Um, you know, this summer we're going to lose a handful of players. I don't I don't know who you know who we're going to end up keeping on. I agree with you. If we if we keep some of these players, then you you would be questioning the ambition for next season because they've proved this season and most of them last season that they're not good enough to to push for the top six. So. Mm. It's gonna it's gonna be a really interesting summer. You know, getting the takeover done is is important, and hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. But even with that in the background, there's still no guarantee that anything's going to be any different. And you know, we've had our trust burned so many times that it's very hard to get excited about that sort of thing. So until Spiegel gets in the building, if that happens, it's going to be really hard to judge what's going to happen. Mm, right, a couple more messages, and then we'll bring in our, our guest fan. Um, I mean, there was an Ipswich fan in the chat actually who's just made a, a point to try and cheer us up I guess us at Ipswich were in the same situation as you just a few years ago an owner that wouldn't invest with no ambition mid-table finish every year extremely inconsistent result the takeover saved us and that's what we're hoping for but uh, you know we've, we've been through quite a few takeovers now and none of them seem to be in the mood to save us from uh, this mid-table in League One unfortunately they, they either take us back there or they just keep us there right uh stefan on twitter said we need to give a chance to henry and wallacott enough is enough everyone's job should be on the line to warrant being at the club next season including the manager and steve gallon uh etc uh as well um chris reader says dean has to hold his hands up tactics and subs all wrong yesterday totally po- totally pointless taking off one striker to replace with another when campbell araksaki fraser and morgan were providing absolutely uh, no service uh, to them. A couple of emails as well. McSquare said the club has been in a slow but steady state of decline for multiple reasons ever since the departure of Curbs and the relegation to the Championship. There have been brief moments of success hope in the shape of promotions under Powell and Boya. However, these successes weren't built on and the inevitable decline continued. As things stand, we are merely a club which develops academy players for the ultimate benefit of clubs in higher divisions. Someone uh, like uh, some, somewhere young players like Raksaki can hone their skills and gain experience and a dumping ground for players who can't do any better. When was the last time a decent player signed for us when we weren't considered to be their last chance saloon? Yeah, that's uh, well, it's an, it's an interesting point. Um, Carl says, I've been trying to calm down uh, after yesterday. Uh, I want to focus on us rather than Ipswich. So I know there's massive caveats that they're second on a good run of form, uh, but we didn't get make them get out of first gear. I really don't understand what we were trying to do when we did have the ball. The amount of aimless long balls we pumped out from the back five was ridiculous where we're our midfield uh, free. Uh, none of them showing for the ball when our back line had it. They weren't busting a gut to get up alongside Bond either. This just allowed Morsi and Luongo to carry the ball forward and pick a pass every time. We've seen in recent weeks what a threat that Campbell and Jez can be for us. Uh, and they knew that and countered them. But then uh, that means we should have had space elsewhere for people like Morgan and Fraser to step up. Enough has been said about Albi, so I don't want to cover that old ground. But I do want to question Fraser and what he brings to the side on a regular basis. He's meant to be our central attacking threat. And in my mind, he goes missing and doesn't want to take accountability at crucial times in games. The amount of games, uh, the amount of times he slows us down because he can't use his right foot is unreal. The broader problem, though, is it's a repeat of what we saw at Bristol. Large parts we look clueless. Had a, if they had attacking threats like Ipswich, we would have lost by more. I felt if Dean had cracked it a little with the away games recently, but getting more out of the squad in the last few weeks, it feels like we've gone backwards. I would really like to see him get an experience number two in, as I think he needs the help. Here's to another long summer. We've lots of change, yeah, and, and there's plenty plenty of work to do. Right, shall we bring in our fan guest, Dan uh, Montero, hopefully uh, waiting for us in the waiting room. Yes, here he is. Right, so I'm going to bring him onto the, the screen now. Good uh, good morning, Dan. How are you doing after after yesterday in particular? I'm all right, thanks. And you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the, on the show this week. Um, I think you were up there yesterday, weren't you? And uh, that, yeah. that was a pretty harrowing experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite empty as well at the end. Yeah, I mean, um, 
tell us what what you you made of of the performance, the, the defending. <laughs> Take as long as you need for that because obviously there's quite a lot to say on those. Uh well, I mean that like, you can see that it's a pattern. Every time we face a top side, it's like it's a bit clueless. You don't have any intent to get up, and uh, I've seen it in derby as well. Uh, our wingers just get countered really easily when we face these top sides, which is. And they're like our biggest threat, so there's nothing we can really do going forward. Mm. Uh, I think the midfield looked a bit lost. I don't think they really knew where to put themselves. Yeah, and I think I think that's fair as well. I mean, in terms of, you know, as you say, when, when we face these top sides, I mean, I've, are you one of those who, who, who looked at the performances over the last few weeks and thought maybe, maybe we're heading in the right direction? Or, or deep down, did you think, as soon like, when we looked at those games like against Derby... Um, against Bolton at home, you know, you think, you know what, that, that, those, those sides beat us without even getting out of second gear and, and the danger was always going to be when a top side does get out of second gear. And I think Ipswich did play well yesterday. Then that that what happened yesterday was almost inevitable. Uh, I don't think we any of us were expecting to win or get any result. But a 6-0 is a bit, a bit too much for me. Yeah, it was. I mean, what was what was your? I mean, the reaction, obviously, in the in the away end at full time as well. I mean, sort of describe to us what it was like in that because obviously I was sat on on the other side in the in the press box and I could see people down the front sort of hurling abuse and I guess you come to expect that after yesterday. Yeah, uh, it's quite like an upsetting feeling all around. Quite, quite disappointed, I guess, hmm. that players can't stand, uh, step up when it comes to it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in terms of the future, obviously, we've been discussing about the the potential takeover that's in the offing. I mean, do, do you feel optimism about the future? Do you feel like all it takes is one one man to come in and everything will change? I mean, how do you how do you see this summer going? Uh, well, it all depends on the owner. Uh, if we're on the sand guard, I think we can make a little improvement because I think Dean Olden can bring the right people in. But if we get a new owner, I think with Dean Olden, uh, he can really focus on what he wants to play and what he wants to do for the squad. Mm. In terms of, um, you know, it's something we've asked a lot, a lot of fans, guests over the last few weeks. In terms of, um, you know, buying tickets going forward, I, I don't know if you're a season ticket holder or if you, or if you just sort of go on on, on the off on, on the off game when you can. But are, are you are you still? invested in going to the club have you found that your your support is being tested over what we've seen over the last few years you know this is this will be the, the fourth year in a, in a row we've been stuck in league one oh no i'll still be going no matter what but just being disappointed there i guess yeah and uh well and and again we always ask sort of like to try and bring us back around to what is good about supporting Charlton. We always ask about the sort of people you go with, what, what you enjoy about going to match days. Even yesterday, tell me, tell me, tell me what was the highlight of yesterday's away day? Uh, it's quite a nice stadium to be able to go to. <laughs> yeah. And that's it really. Cause, uh, because, yeah, because we ain't going to be going there anytime soon as well. So right, Dan, stay on, stay on the call. We'll, we'll keep you involved in the chat for the, the, the rest of the show. Um, Dan, Dan Ranch has, has asked Lewis, if I, I'll go around to Terry actually. So, um, Dan says, "What was what is Gallen's role now? Because he was good at getting them players in." So Thomas Sangard has said a lot about how he's now more involved in just the negotiating side of it, and and there was a whole team of, of, of people out there to go and find players. I mean, it's interesting we haven't actually seen him at a couple of games recently. I don't know where he's been, but um, whatever's been happening in terms of recruitment, negotiation, all that, it's got to be better this summer. And and Steve must look inward i guess if he's part of that recruitment team and think that there's things he 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 would like to do better this this summer yeah i mean none of us really know what's going on behind the scenes do we so um, and i have spoken to steve briefly uh, i met him at the training ground and he said that uh, on saturdays whereas before he'd be at uh, watching john now he goes out and watches players at other clubs so which i guess is what uh, what your job is if you if you're trying to uh, bring players in so he's doing that a lot more, uh, which I guess is a good sign. Um, but it's 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 quite clear that uh, something needs to to change. And and I, I guess there's a you know not wishing to dismiss it, but there, there's probably a little bit of uh, luck involved in some of this stuff. 
and money, of course. Um, it's all right spotting players. And Lewis mentioned it uh, just now. It's all right saying that we're going to get players in, but you've got to actually get them over the line. And there's a lot of uh, lot of uh, <laughs> ifs and buts about that because, um, you know, we had it a couple of seasons back where Ipswich actually nicked a fair amount of the targets we were going for. And that's purely down to that the, they offered more money than us. Is that not the at, season where they still finish mid-table? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, does that say, so, what does that say yeah, about what, but, who we were I going mean, with for? That, with that, though, uh, Louis, that, you know, and on the face of it, especially after yesterday, you, you think that we're going to need a wholesale change. We're going to need a Chris Powell-type situation where we change 18 to 20 players. That's, uh, you know, after yesterday's defeat, that's what it feels like. But then, if you strip it back a bit, does... If we added Morsi and um, Longo into our midfield, does that make us a better team? Almost certainly, yes. Uh, if we had Chaplin into uh, into you know behind the front uh, strikers that we got, does that make us a better team? Absolutely, yes. Do you know what I mean? So it might not need eighteen or twenty players. It might just mean five or six good players coming in, making the rest of the side better. That might work. Mm. I don't know. I'm not clever enough or, or good enough at this type of thing to know. But um, recruitment has to be spot on. No question about it. But it also means we've got to have some backing as well. Uh, we've got to have the financial backing to be able to get us the players that, that we need to be up there challenging. And so it's not just a simple question of we need 20 players. We need to be able to afford 20 players. Can we do that with the amount of players we've still got under contract? And Nathan mentioned it at the beginning. Can we offload them? Is a big question. So there's so much. And, uh, and Dean is, I think, is... Uh, the right man for the job, I actually do, and and I think uh, I felt for him yesterday. I really did because uh, that's um, that's not what he he would accept. And I'd like mm. to know, and I might ask him uh, later on whether he is a teacup thrower uh, or not, because there'd have been a few sore heads if there if he was <laughs> yesterday. Because uh, and, crockery and everywhere. He, oh, you'd have had his um, yeah his repair, replacement bill for Ipswich might have been quite high. <laughs> in that respect but so I don't know or, or maybe it's because when you get tonked that badly that it's just a case of it's almost pointless throwing teacups because what you know what good would it do actually mm. and we've um, we've come to a few defeats and he's bounced back he's managed to get the team to bounce back straight afterwards so be, you know Tuesday is going to be very interesting in that respect yeah um, so I, I am going to disagree with you absolutely on it just being a handful of players because, you know, I'll reiterate what I said earlier on the show, you know, when we played Ipswich last season, 4-0 on the final day, that was a team that needed just a handful of players to be pushed over the line. And again, they had a, a boost in January, as we saw this year, but we're, we're, we're miles off it, you know? And I think uh, another thing that wound me up yesterday, who shall I ask? Nathan. Um, you know, and, and like I say, I, I feel like I, I, I managed to train myself to not get wound up for a few weeks, but yesterday this came back at me and, you know, I, I spoke about how different it feels. And and it was only one fan, so maybe I'm blowing this all out of proportion, but someone's telling me, get a grip. You know, it's the end of the season. There's nothing to play for. This doesn't matter. It does matter because this is the a second season in a row where we've got to this stage where we've got nothing to play for because we've put ourselves in this situation. If you if you come into this game yesterday thinking, don't care if we get beat 6-0, got nothing to play for. It's just a nice, you know, Dan, Dan spent loads of money to get up there yesterday to watch that game. You know, that's not fair on him. It's not fair on 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 every fan that does that. And also it lets them off. It lets them off the hook. It, it, let, it lets them get away with celebrating a 6-0 win against Shrewsbury and thinking, yeah, we're actually not too bad. When two weeks later, they're, they're, that, they're that far off it. It lets the club off the hook. It lets the players off the hook by saying that these results don't matter. So it may have been only one fan yesterday and it may but I, I i am not i'm not accepting that you know i want success for this football club i'm not going to roll over every every time we get to march february whatever and say you know what doesn't matter we'll, next season next season's the one we can't keep doing that no no i agree and listen i that we're all going to sit here and we know that we're not going to win every single game and we're going to lose games of football like every team does but there's a way, for me there's a way of losing um, I think yesterday is a prime example. We sort of had Huddersfield vibes to it. I think when you go 2-0 down, the crowd's up and you're looking at it going, right, we got to be clever here. Shut up shop, stay in the game. Stay in the game. Even if you stay in the game to half time at 2-0, going at 2-0, one goal, set piece, penalty, whatever. But then we just capitulated. So yeah, for me, I wasn't envisioning a win yesterday. Maybe a sneaky draw, but it's a way that it's the way that we just just crumbled mentally, physically, everything. We just crumbled. So 
yeah, we know it's, we've said on this pod many a time, it's the end of the season and it, we just can't wait to it for it to finish. Um, but that doesn't, it doesn't mean that we can just accept yesterday, yesterday's results. And I don't think Dean will, and I don't think the players will, you know, I don't, I, I know there'll be a, after yesterday, there's going to be inquest and whether they care or not. I get that. Um, but for me, I don't, I don't think that all the players don't care. I just think it was a really bad day. Um, some of them may, who aren't here next year may not care, but I don't, I wouldn't say they don't work hard. I don't, you know, there's only a couple of games this season where we've looked very off it, but I don't see this as a, a team that doesn't work hard at all. I just don't think as a collective, we're good enough. Um, and, that, and that just shows where we are in the league. And yesterday, when you put us parallel to Ipswich and the other likes of the other teams that we've lost to. Mm. Now, um, I, I was I was already in a bad mood last night and uh, it was quite, I was on the phone to Rich Corley and we were, I was just giving a bit of a debrief of what had happened at the game. But I had Twitter open on my screen, and just just to rub a bit bit more salt into the wound, Aston Villa linked with uh, with a move for, for Miles Lieber. Now I'm always very dubious when these links start appearing this early in the summer in a newspaper about who's put it there and what not. But um, it's going to be tough to keep him in the summer, isn't it, Lewis? You know, Mark Marcus is saying it feels like a weird move, like for Villa because they have Watkins. They spent twenty million on a young striker. Uh, from the MLS in Jan, have got Cameron Archer to come back from loan. So, I mean, uh, you know, specifically the player, might, I, I don't know whether that'd be the right move for the club or, or f- probably for the player, probably would. But um, yeah, that 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 further depressed me, thinking we're probably going to lose our better players in the summer because why would they want to stay? Where, where's, where's if you're a good player, where's like the motivation to stay at Charlton where the likelihood is you're going to be bumbling around in League One and you get typecast as a League One player because mainly because you deserve to be but you know if you're one of the better ones don't you don't want to be dragged down by the rest of them really so I think it's gonna be real tough to keep him this summer I agree yeah I think you know ultimately I know the um the guy said in the comment there about Villa having those other strikers but it's all about a cycle isn't it you know Watkins is now obviously hit his form Archer's out on loan somewhere he may be in the picture next year but it's a conveyor belt of talent you know Lee Burns at the start of his professional career and he's had a very, very good season for us. You know, he's he's been our sort of outstanding performer in what's been a pretty miserable season. Um, and it's a it's sort of a well earned link for him because he's deserved it. You know, he's shown that he's he's very good. Whether Villa is the right move for him if it does come about, and obviously I'll be absolutely gutted if he goes. But you're right at the moment we're we're a club in such a limbo that it's difficult. You know, it's difficult for fans to to invest in it. It's going to be for players too because it's the players' jobs. You know, the, the security of a player contract and, and where they're playing their football next season. If they're an ambitious sports person, which you'd like to think they are, considering the competitive nature of the sport, they'll want to be in a team that's challenging because with that comes reward. You know, if, they, if they're if they in a promotion winning team and they go up, then there's, there's more to that. There's more wages, there's more opportunity. It's the same in anything. So at the moment, with us being in such a limbo, not knowing, you know, what the... Resources are going to be in the summer, not knowing who the owner is going to be in the summer and what our true targets are for next season. As a footballer, you probably are looking at Charlton and thinking, well, I don't really, really want to know if that's where mm. I want to go. Like, you know, it's difficult. So look, I hope we don't lose Lee Byrne, but it's it's that point in the season now we are going to start, you know, seeing links for him and then our other better players, not even ours anyway. So it's just one of those things. It's maybe damage limitation. I can't imagine we'll be linked with too many players being moved, moved away, probably just Dobbo and, and Lee Byrne, which... They're two very crucial players for us, and I hope they stick around. But be very hard to sell Charlton Athletic to anybody at the moment. Mm. Right, I'm going to put this next one to Dan again. So, and Rob, Robert's actually asked me the question, but I, I mean, I spoke about this similar stuff over the last uh, the last few weeks. But so, Robert's asking me, who would I move on? We need a massive rebuild. Have we got the funds to do it? Loans and freeze can't be the only way forward year on year. So, Dan, I'll sort of ask it to you in the reverse. So, rather than who would you move on? Um, oh, sorry. I keep I keep unmuting. There we go. Right. Who would you move on? I, I'd say who who would you keep? Who, who do you think of this current side? If we were to be a proper promotion challenger next season, who who do you think could play a part in that? Um, I think we got to keep the free midfield. Uh, because it just gives a bit of better better depth. Uh, I think the youngsters will obviously be kept and even but I think most of the other squad should go because yeah. I, I just can't 
really see them play next year if we're going to put investment in it. Like the likes of Ryan Innes and I, I don't think Tyrell Thomas is good enough, really. He's only done it three games for the whole year. Well, I'm glad this this is the good thing about having the fan guest on because when it's just us saying that every week, it feels like we're sort of like repeating ourselves. But at least we can have someone else's opinion who just happens to agree with us because they've obviously watched the same the same football we have all season, right? Milton Keynes on uh, on Tuesday. We've run out of time to to preview that, but in in a weird way, I'm looking forward to see what the reaction is to that game. But uh, yeah, it's, and also it's just another one off the list before we can get to the end of this thoroughly miserable season, right? Thanks to everyone who's joined us on the live stream this morning. As Martin said, uh, there's always next season. Cheer up, Louis. <laughs> yeah, you're quite right, Martin. I'll, I'll, I'll get back into that mode in the summer, I imagine. Right, um, Dan, first of all, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining us, mate. And uh, yeah, keep keep listening to Thank the show. And thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Uh, Dan, uh, thanks to, uh, to Terry, to Nathan, to Lewis as well. Cheers, chaps. Cheers, Louis. Cheers, Cheers guys. Cheers, boys. Yeah, on to Tuesday. Good. Here we go. Yeah, might get another point on the board on Tuesday, who's to say. Right, um, man of the match has to go to Terry's Wi-Fi for holding out for, for an entire <laughs> sh- almost an entire show. So well done, well done to them. Right, thank like say so thanks for everyone who's who's tuned in uh, either live or, or on catch up on, on YouTube or on the podcast. Don't forget we'll be back on Thursday then to look back at the game against Milton Keynes and then ahead to next Saturday, which is against Morecambe. Um who have just a uh, just about giving them a chance themselves a chance to stay up, so they'll be bang up for it next next weekend as well. Louis, Louis, before yep. we go, can um, can is Amy listening? Can she take all the sharp knives out of the drawers before you, uh, <laughs> before you go up there? Yeah, it's probably a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, right. I gotta go. I'm off to a farm actually. I'm in Norfolk, which is why I'm in a different room. So uh, I'm going to a farm this afternoon. So that will cheer me up. Um, right. Uh, I'm Louis Medes. <laughs> thanks for listening. Well, I don't know why I told you that. See you later. <laughs> 